<coughs> hey. Hey, you. Did you know that NASA shows the film Armageddon in their management training program? New managers are given the task of trying to spot as many errors as possible during the film's run, and at least 168 errors have been found so far. Did you know that we have a Patreon? <laughs> well, check it out. You can find it in the links inside the episode descriptions or at our official website. It's a great way to support the show and even get yourselves shouted out at the end of every month. It really helps us out, and we are eternally grateful to each and every one of you that supports us. But for now, honestly, I really hope you just enjoy this episode. I'm glad this is the movie we decided to come back on to. Yeah. Like, I, is, did. I had a great time watching this. Tell me about your love of a goofy movie, Scott. Oh God, I know dude. this is like your jam. I uh, dude, it's not even that it's my jam. It's that it's the jams in this are my jams. Like this is easily one of the top five best Disney soundtracks of all time. Like I, I don't I will fight somebody. Well, you're gonna fight me. <laughs> I am gonna fight you. That's I'm funny, like, man. what? No, it's it's awesome. It's dude, it's Tevin Campbell does such a great job as Powerline, who is like a mix of Michael Jackson and Prince. Um yes. and that, that's like true. That's where they drew inspiration for him from was like Michael Jackson and Prince. Um and one other person I can't remember, I should have written this down, but I'm a professional, so we don't write anything here. But I remember watching this all the time when I was younger. I didn't own it, which really sucked ass. Um but as I got into skateboarding, as I got like older and older, I found out that there was a sequel to this that was all about Max skateboarding. And I was like, holy shit, dude, this could have only gotten better. The only thing that made it not so great was it wasn't this. There weren't songs in it. And I was sad. The college X Games in the sequel. The college X Games with Bradley up across the third. <laughs> it's so all right we'll talk about it we'll talk about it because mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like this these two movies are so so different play 90s no they're just yeah. so 90s in different ways but both of them like really are like everything about the sequel is like the most 90s thing <laughs> in the 90s. yeah it absolutely is <laughs> oh um let me start us off then if we're if we're already in here yeah let's yeah go. it is 1995 and as we've been joking for the last better part of the half last half of the the year um we'll be in 95 for quite some time this this the yeah this will basically just be 1995 the podcast the podcast (laughs) um so yeah we're doing a goofy movie um and making his directorial debut is kevin lima who would actually go on to direct both tarzan in 1999 and enchanted in 2007 and he would go on to bring together Jim Megan, Chris Matheson, and Brian Pimentel to pen this feature-length follow-up to the Disney Channel animated classic Goof Troop. So I can confirm after doing a lot of research on this, this is actually a direct sequel to the 1992 to 1993 animated show on Disney Channel, Goof Troop. Um, it was... <sighs> Well, I'll get into that later. Uh, it features the voice talents of Bill Farmer as Goofy and Jason Marsden as Max. 
Uh, and a Goofy movie is one of the most popular examples of Disney film developing a cult following that has long since survived long after its release because it was not a popular movie. When it, it was came not. Out. It was not. Um, it was like a process even to convince them to make it. Like it was super low priority. Yeah. Um, and it is a weird like sleeper cult classic. Like yeah. I'm excited to watch it again because I like this movie. I just wasn't maybe as like um, – amped about it as i was I could have gone either way right i'm like but but yeah. i'm i was excited to watch it again because i liked it as a kid and i remember seeing it but it came out you know alongside like the lion king like what was it, it never yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> just what was disney thinking like so, so I, <laughs> what's funny about this to me too is like lion king actually has a lot to do with this movie and the reasons that it got forgotten and i'll get into it when we get into like the history of this movie but um, why don't you tell me and everybody what this movie is about? I will. Be so kind. Well, Thank you. Summarize the plot of this yeah. epic film. Um, separate, suffering from a lack of confidence in his parenting skills and worried about his son's future, Goofy Goof plans a last-minute summer vacation road trip. His son Max, meanwhile, is now poised to miss his big first date. Choosing deception over communication, Max breaks Goofy's trust to manipulate the road trip in his favor to impress the girl he is low-key also lying to. Will these two learn to communicate and show each other a little respect, or do they actually die in that horrible car accident and this whole thing is a hallucination before death? It's tough to say, but we're here to find out. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't actually think about that. Wouldn't that be like a wild-ass theory? It's That kind of sounds like one of those... Rugrats all represent different forms of childbirth theory, and like Ed and Nettie is purgatory kind of thing. Like, what if they really did die in the car accident? Holy shit! I honestly, was like one of the things that was tough in this movie was the lack of physical stakes. Like, and that's a very goofy Disney original yeah. animation. Like, that's what it. That's what we're here for. That's what they were trying to do. It's not my favorite thing. So, um, I totally was like, our. Yeah. This is way more serious than they're making it out to be. Like y'all are dead. So <laughs> I mean, there's no shot. You guys are fucking dead. Absolutely dead. Well, it reminded me of Drax and Guardians of the Galaxy 2 when he's getting dragged behind the ship and it's like, mm -hmm. and all the stakes for this movie are gone and yeah, you're unkillable. Like, all right, like, cool. You can survive you know, just anything. That's but, rad. You know, this movie's not about physical danger, right? It's about physical danger being funny, and then there's actually a lot else going on in it. So we, yeah. we'll talk more about the other stuff, but let's go to for is this our Before first run in 1995? It's been a my a minute. It is yes. This is our first <laughs> film in 1995, but because okay. I am who I am, and I have to keep us on track, the very few times you know, like the two percent of the time that Lindsay's not keeping us up on track. Oh, In case you guys were wondering, you can find this on Disney Plus. Oh, I yeah, thank you. I did almost just skip the most obvious but important piece of information. Yeah. <laughs> this and the sequel are both available on Disney Plus. That being said, let's go to the timeline. Let us go to the timeline. Um, well, the year, as we said, is 1995. 
And I'm, I'm trying to split up the historical context because a lot happens and we've got just a billion movies. Like oh, we're going to be so tired of talking about 1995. So <laughs> some of the highlights, um, the Oklahoma City bombing kills 187 people. Michael Jordan returns to basketball. O.J. Simpson is found innocent. Mm. And Christopher Reeves is tragically paralyzed. Oh. Up and downs. I know that one hurts. I know, but we're getting it out of the way now. 95? Holy shit. Okay. That was 95. Wow. Yep. All right. I'll take over the tomato meter here because this, for some reason, is a huge deal to me. Tell me all about this shit while I... I know. Uh, So Rotten Tomatoes is a 61% on the tomato meter and a 70% on the audience score, which, given, like, everything that I found when I researched this, I understand. Like, I get it, okay? But also, like, I would expect, I don't know why. I just, like, I expected everybody to have as great of a childhood as I did. And it doesn't feel like everyone did when I look at these. Like, no one likes this. Even the audience score is still pretty low to me. I don't know why. That, like, bugs me. (laughs) No, it's a little bit low. It's true. But again, it's like, think about all the stuff around it. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I want to do some research into, like, who, where do these reviews come from? I know. It's not, it's not 10-year-old you in 1995. No. I can tell you that. So You would think I would have done the research by now on, like, how they get this info. Because we, we ask haven't. this question every time. We're like, but who we said do. We're like, who, who said is it? doing this? Yeah. Who is Rotten Tomato? Whose shitty opinion is this? Yeah, it was very... <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck are you? <laughs> All right, now for some information everyone's going to get like really incredibly tired of. Um, yeah. By the end of 1995, uh, Forrest Gump wins the Oscar and Frasier and NYPD Blue win the Emmys, which is, I think, weird. And I'm going to say that this now and never again as we cover 1995, but I think it's super fucking weird to see shows like NYPD Blue and like Law and Order winning Emmys mm-hmm. in today's yeah. world where it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, no, yeah, like well, that's like, exists. Yeah, <laughs> those shows are a dime a dozen now, dude. Like, well, and they're just not good. Like, I wouldn't, no. and it's not that they're not fun or that it's like not okay not to like those shows. Like, they are entertaining. That's why they've been around for so long. I mean, Law and Order is like a whole multiverse, right? It's like that's it's not or CSI. Like, it's not that they're not good, um, but they're not good. They're not like <laughs> like they. Sh- there's nothing wrong if you like them but like it shouldn't be winning an emmy like so there's just so much higher quality out there yeah no there's seriously better shit out there guys let's pick it up speaking of better shit uh tell us about the top grossing movies for 95 holy fuck matt looking at you here buddy batman forever coming in ahead of both apollo 13 and toy story which i'm surprised that apollo 13 is on this list who fucking went to see that I mean, it was a great movie. Don't get me wrong. But I guess. I just. Yeah. It definitely. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and you could have figured it out by now, but Goofy Movie isn't even on that list of like top grossing. This movie made no money, you guys. Yeah, I, it made so little. Like, I didn't even write it down. Yeah. And it's it not just, even part of our notes. It doesn't even. I don't yeah, know how it's much. It's not even there. <laughs> not any money. Um, but the the last one. Uh, the fourth highest grosser of the year was Pocahontas. So we'll be getting mm-hmm. there. So for further Disney context of what was coming out and why you don't remember a Goofy movie and think that perhaps, and I had to Google this, that it did not, in fact, release in theaters, but it did. This mm-hmm. movie did actually come out in theaters. 
The sequel didn't. This one did. Oh, um, no shit. Like, but yeah. This <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was there. It was there, guys. It was there for you to view and you didn't. It was there in the theaters and your parents only mm. took you to Pocahontas. Can you imagine? I know. And Batman Forever. God. Yeah. And Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely Toy Story. Are like, you Yeah, are we you all went to see Toy Story. That's oh, where everybody yeah. was. That's where all the money went. I can't wait till we get to talk about Toy Story. And when I talk about Toy Story, I mean, try to refrain from talking about Toy Stories 2 through 4 whilst we talk about Toy Story 1, which is how I envision that episode going. I'm just oh, asking. No, that's exactly how it's back. Yeah. And my OCD is like out of control and you can see it because now we're yep. recording it and you'll see my eyes bulge like this. like all this jet? <laughs> Does you have any idea how great these fucking sequels are? <laughs> I just went in order. We're not talking about that today. Uh, there are no warnings on this. No. <laughs> Nor should there be. Nobody's I guess you could, or anything. Dude, if, if you want to be that hardcore parent, you could make the argument that uh, there's violence in here. But it's <laughs> like the said, most though, it's... cartoon violence you could possibly conceive. It's a great example of like where itchy and scratchy comes from. Yes. Like what, what that's a satire of. Right. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. It's, it's all about that. Um, all of this old, I mean, that's where cartoon violence comes from, right? It's like the yeah. Wiley Coyote and Wiley Coyote, Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Well, stuff. I guess Tom and Jerry are like the direct thing that itchy and scratchy rips off. Right. But, all, but yeah. it's that, that type of comedy. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. so like, but Americans don't care about that. We don't care about violence. We only care about sex, so it's fine. So, true um, story. Been yeah. there. I see you, MPAA. Mm-hmm. Um, in the parks, I don't understand why this section's even here for this movie. Goofy is a staple of Disney. Like, he's he's everywhere. Man. That's why it's here. We finally got one that's like, yeah, you're absolutely going to see this guy in the parks everywhere. Like, he's one of the first uh, characters you can meet when you walk through the door. Um, Sequels, though. Sequels. Sequels. We we mentioned it earlier, but there is actually a direct sequel to this movie. However, this one was not released in theaters. Um, This was a straight-to-DVD, because DVD was a thing by then, um, of 2000. It was an extremely goofy movie that follows Max and PJ, and I can't remember his fucking name right now, but it's the dude who's voiced by Pauly Shore. Uh... God, I can't remember his name. Yeah, the cheese whiz guy at the beginning. Yeah, the stoner one. Yeah, he. Um, yeah, he is. <laughs> you know, he super is. We all fucking knew it. Um, God, why can't I remember his fucking it's, name? His name right doesn't now? matter. It no so doesn't. Anyway, it yeah, it's about them going to college and Max being obsessed with um the college X games. And it's one of those things where it's like Max is the main character. So he's like the most talented of the three of them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, he's, he's the best skateboarder, but somehow he's also the best rollerblader and also the best biker. Like it's, you're like, okay, whatever. That's fine. But it also becomes a goofy movie when goofy loses his job because he doesn't have a college degree. Mm-hmm. And so he goes back to school, which has, that movie has two of my favorite meme moments. One of is, PJ, how did you read the map? Why are we writing on the, the blue line? That's the river. He's like, I don't know, man. Why do I, do I look like Magellan to you? <laughs> Max is like, PJ, you couldn't spell Magellan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the scene where Goofy shows up in Max's class and Max has a complete fucking aneurysm. Yeah. And just like cartoon freaks out is like one of the funniest fucking moments to me in that whole movie. Because you guys know I like cartoon dumbass shit. So, 
But yeah, that's the sequel. It does also, like we said, it does also have a show. I don't know anywhere that you can find it, though. I can't believe it's not on Disney+. Plus. It kind of blows my mind. Um, yeah, because yeah, it's one are. of the more like big deal. Mm-hmm. Of Everybody the- watched it. It was okay. Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Everybody knew that show, man. I mean, everyone knows Rescue Rangers to the point that they rebooted it. Yeah, Tailspin. Like, yeah, ta- uh, Tailspin was really good, though. Tailspin was where it was at. That was the dope. best of those shows. Tailspin was the best one. I would yeah. argue all day long. No, you don't have to. I'm right there behind you. Yeah, it's like not even a conversation. Um, but I could mm-hmm. not tell you. Like, I could remember like some specific things and like visualize a little bit of that show, but I cannot tell you what happened in Goof Troop except that I know I watched it and it was a thing. Like, I got nothing. Yeah. So. Like, <laughs> I can tell you guys too that the everybody knows the she's built like a Pixar mom joke. Yes. Right. That actually should have been started with Peg Pete from Goof Troop. She is the she is the original Pixar mom. Fight me on this, guys. Go back and look. I you can even go look. further back and say it was Judy Jen, or uh, Jane Jetson, but it was actually probably Jane Jetson. Super Jane Jetson and probably even Wilma Flintstone. But to an extent, I could see Wilma. I could see an argument for Wilma, but I don't know that we're quite there. But yeah. for sure on uh, Jane. 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 Yeah. His wife. George Jetson. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's get out of the timeline and tell us about the history. Take the lead the on history. this one. I will take the like, lead a, on this. A goofy history. Very yeah. silly goofy history. To the movie. So we have to start with like where Goofy came from, because the whole reason that this movie was made is part of like where Goofy came, like how Goofy got started in 1932. He originally, uh, he originally debuted in Mickey's review as Dippy dog. And then he got kind of split up from there as Pluto and Goofy. Um, Later on in 32, he was appeared as a familiar Goofy in the short Whoopie Party. And he's kind of been Mickey's, like, best friend ever since. And I I will actually challenge anybody right now. I'm going to hold off on my notes for, like, a split second here. I will challenge anybody right now, live, recorded on YouTube, and the podcast, and the show, and your radio, and wherever you guys are listening to me right now. Goofy is mickey's best friend donald is their third friend that they just kind of like hanging out with but doesn't actually like he's not their best friend he's a dick okay i'm gonna say this right now you're muted it's yeah i was um i would agree with that uh thank you donald is kind of their like little I don't know. He's he's kind of an asshole. Like he's kind of their friend. Like he's in the group, but it's like if it was like if you're playing like Mary fuck kill, like you're definitely killing Donald. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's you're always gonna kill Donald. God <laughs> damn it! That's not the game I was gonna <laughs> go that's to. But that's like such a good example. That's totally. That's like the answer. That's why he's Scrooge McDuck. Like that's no, why Scrooge his McDuck is, is his own thing. Yeah, but that's why he's the one who plays well, it. Yeah, like, but that's Donald why he's yeah. Scrooge McDuck. That's why it's Donald. Mm-hmm. And then they're um, like, we're just going to make it our own character named Scrooge McDuck. 
which is just fucking hilarious. Like that's why um DuckTales yeah. is the best. Woo. Yes, and is. also because it has it has like multiverse traveling blue. I'm all about that. Oh yeah. Cause he was in Tailspin. Hell yeah, he was. Have you seen the meme that's like, and every time he Baloo is just hoping that the next jump will be the jump home. Like, oh, it's the jump home, movie. and it's like a completely different movie now. <laughs> he's in Robin Hood. So Thanks. I'm gonna break that's this down. He's in, yeah. yeah, he's in Robin Hood. He's in Jungle Book. He's in. Oh, there was another one before this. He's in Tailspin. No, it's just those three. It's just those. Is three. it just those three? Okay, yeah, cool. and it's All not right. actually obviously Baloo and Robin Hood, but like it. It like because they're obviously the same the voice characters. actor. It's the same design. It's He's just, just a different color. Guy. Like it's yeah. yeah. And it is blue in Tailspin, but this has fucking yes. nothing to do with the goof, the Goofy movie. Nothing, um, absolutely nothing. Goofy, except to say that yeah, if it's Mary fuck kill, we're definitely killing Donald. We're marrying Mickey, and we're fucking Goofy. Or is it the other way around? Do we want to fuck Mickey and marry Goofy? I think no. I should ask the answer. I think Mickey is more financially stable. Yeah, but I think Goofy would make a better partner. I think Why? it's. Because have, look at have your house projects would be destroyed. You'd be like the worst person to have house insurance. He raises Max like no problem as he is the most badass single dad. Absolutely. We're marrying Goofy and fucking Mickey. Oh my God, no question. I'm telling you now. Plus Mickey's hot. So can we include <laughs> Chippendale and have a thing? How do I get into this? Like every time, dude, like, no, we can't include Chippendale in the fucking. There's a reason they call it the Chippendales. The male. I know that okay you know, I went to the, uh, it's be- and it's not because of that at all but um the you know i went to the magic mike show in vegas did you really i didn't know yeah. that it's like That's the best night of my life dude it's oh, so i much- bet it like tells a story and it's so hot um what are we even doing here anymore? i don't know the show's really <laughs> thirsty <laughs> considering right. so, you have your chip and nails i'll take peg p as my my yeah, you go find all those Pixar moms. Yeah. You know, Pixar moms give give us ladies with the you know the big ass a good look. It's a good thing. True story. <laughs> True stories were never told on this show. Um, let's get we back never on track. About weird cartoon we sex stuff. Um, we, I know. I don't uh, really know how this YouTube nonsense works, but I suspect we're not being monetized. Um, not a fucking <laughs> chance. Whatever. So in um, I don't really care. Just so you can see our beautiful faces. Um, but yeah, they're. So all of the things and Goofy. All right. So let's talk about his, his character now that we've determined he's the one to marry. He's he's usually like an idiot, right? Like he's used for comic yeah. relief um, all the time. And he, it's all the like we said, the physical violent comedy Pain, falling off the roof and stuff. Yeah. All goofy all the time. That's like his whole deal. But he's actually kind of a badass when they like develop him and give him screen time. He's like an empathetic, caring yeah. single dad. and like. You can probably speak to this better than I can, but in Kingdom Hearts, his powers are like, like Shielding. he has extra perception. He's the yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's the captain of the guard or something, right? Yes, he is. And uh, he has a shield. Like, he's kind of an, like a badass. Like, I, he's he got, is. I like his sort of innocent optimism and determination. So, yeah, I, um, God, I love that you gave me a reason to talk about Kingdom Hearts for like even 20 seconds. That's I got so you. fucking I love you so much. I got you covered. Um, yeah, so that's that's basically what he is. At the end of the day, he is like, and that's that's kind of the evolution that this took after 92, 93 when Goof Troop was going on, because in Goof Troop, it never addresses Max not having a mom. It is always and always has been just Goofy is raising Max because next door, 
Pete has PJ. He has Pistol. He has Peg as his wife. They have two kids, actually. Um, and so it was this weird, like, cartoon dichotomy between, like, the nuclear family and, like, a realistic family. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, and it never talked. And it does show that, like, Goofy is a, he is a great dad. He is, like, he genuinely, damn it, dude. Now I'm on the Mary Goofy train. And I told you. Mickey's the one to get on with. He is, but you are correct when he first started off. Yeah, he's just like a bumbling idiot. Um, fun fact, he is the only of the big three that has his own feature-length film. Mm-hmm. Um, that went yeah, to theaters. We talked about this when we did Fantasia. Like he, Mickey's yeah. in a bunch of stuff, but he does not have a movie. Correct. He has never had his own movie. Neither has Donald Duck. Um, but Donald had his show, though. Like Donald has his own. Donald has a lot of his own, like, side stuff. Yeah, he has a lot of, like, clips and movies and stuff about him, but so does Mickey. Like, the the Prince, uh, the Prince and the Popper and, like, his own version of The Christmas Carol and stuff like that. But Goofy also has his own version of The Christmas Mickey's Carol. Mickey's just less developed. Like, I think Donald, yeah. even in only his shorts and stuff, is, like, pretty developed. Like, or he has mm-hmm. the Scrooge McDuck character. Like, we he has the three nephews. I have a lot of feelings about yeah. who Donald is as a person, right? And Goofy yeah. has all this time. Mickey's kind of a blank slate for you to project yourself onto. A little bit of a Harry Potter, right? Those kind of protagonists. Yeah. supposed to just be a blank screen for you to, like, that's what Mickey does. And he plays all these different characters, but he's never like quite himself yeah that's actually a really i didn't really think about it like that but that's actually a really good way of putting that yeah he doesn't have much of his own individual personality he just sort of is like he's just but he's the framework for a different story fucking evil conglomerate so of course he doesn't like he can't be a flawed character with like an arc or a like something that makes him interesting he's the face of the disney company so like mickey kind of you know again i think mickey'd be a good lay beyond that i don't know I'm never gonna I'm gonna be thinking about this for the rest of the day. Um but that's actually a really good segue into how this movie got made. So when the film was originally being conceived, it was director Kevin Lima had sought to make a film about Goofy that was more than just typical like slapstick and cartoonish nonsense. He actually wanted to flesh out Goofy a little bit more and show dimensions and show an emotional, like relatable side, even beyond what the show had done. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the inspiration for the whole plot of the film came from a um a Katzenberg story that he had told about his then estranged daughter that he was feeling very like distance from her, distant from her, and so he took her on this like wild camping trip, and they became like so much closer. And Lima was like, "I want to do that. That's I want to let's I want to do that." And so to showcase this like it's there's no real villain in this movie if you could argue it i suppose you could say pete is the villain but he's supposed to be the foil in fatherhood to goofy Mm -hmm. and we'll get into in a minute because you wrote it down but it is a great comment about love versus respect and it does come up Yeah, and it does come up, but ironically, the film was originally supposed to be released in 1994 during the holiday season, but because of production problems, like, throughout France, because, um, well, actually, mainly in France, it was pushed back to 1995, and Lion King took the 94 slot, thereby Mm -hmm. solidifying that Lion King was just fucking great. Yep. So, 
The reason that everything kind of got slowed down, though, was because the film was considered to be less essential, like we were kind of talking about earlier. Um, the film was considered less essential in productivity to the studio than Lion King, and therefore it had smaller budget, along with several studios and production pieces being outsourced. Literally, Disney Studios France, Disney Studios Australia, Spain, and Canada were all used to make this one video because Disney Studios California didn't give a shit about it. Yeah, zero fucks were given so, about it. Yeah, they were like, no, fucking whatever. Well, and the budget uh, got tanked and everything was going to like, they had like live lions in the California studio. Yeah. <laughs> like they just literally, they every... were busy with the way significantly better movie. I don't know how you think this score could be in the same. No, not the score. Absolutely not. It's the, the soundtrack. Sound only. Sure, sure, sure. Whatever. Any of the music, including the soundtrack. I don't feel, I don't understand how you think it can hold a candle to the rest of the Renaissance. I don't get it. It's like two songs and they're like, fine. No, they're fire, dude. I, you have, okay. So seriously, I just realized that you have never received any of my Disney car karaoke snaps. Nor um, have you ever sent me your Disney playlist on Spotify. Just for the record. Yes, I have. Yes, uh -huh. I have. No, I uh -huh. totally have. You guys are looking at me right now. I totally have. I have absolutely what? sent this to you. Not received this. I'm sending it again. Whatever. Any who down in Whoville. Um, Hey, that was our last episode. Um, no, I sing eye to eye and stand out all the goddamn time. Yeah, true. Those are the two best songs from the show or from the movie. But um, Open Road and Nobody Else But You are still banger songs. I'm not saying they're not bangers. I just like they were they were pretty good for this movie, but it doesn't. That's what I'm saying. They are better than this movie well. should have had for yes, how little better, they gave a yeah. shit. Yes, yeah. the, this this movie has a better soundtrack than it deserves to have or has any right to have, but it's not top five for me. Oh, it so is for me. It's I can't so give you that. What's so, your top five then? I can't. I can't do this with you right now because we just went through who my top five villains are the last episode, and I can't. No, like, but I'm just like. No, what? we went through villain songs last time. The number like, one oh, best Disney soundtrack of all time, "Fight Me on This" for days and days, is fucking Moana. Okay. Well, that's correct. That's the right answer. Moana is the best correct. Disney movie. Yeah. No, it goes Moana as Moana, number one. Beauty and the Beast, Sleeping Beauty, Little Mermaid, a goofy movie. Moana, Beauty and the Beast, The Little Mermaid. Oh yeah. Man, See, it's not it's no, not I'm as like, easy as it, it looks. I'm pretty sure it's it's the Lion King, and then uh, there's maybe it's the Lion King, maybe it's, it's it's. I really, really hate to tell you that Frozen's in my top five. Like, sorry, bro, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I like, Frozen's got to be in there. It's definitely it. Yeah, and then and then I don't, because then I'm like, is it Mulan or is it Hercules? Right, I'm thinking it's Moana, Frozen, The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Hercules, slash The Lion King. But definitely not a goofy movie. See, if I had to, I would say it's like <laughs> five point one or like five point nine is a goofy movie and six point one is Hercules. And the only reason is because the only song from Hercules that I regularly sing is Go the Distance. I just I just I don't know. I just learn new things about you every day. It's just shocking. No, I, know. I 
Respect. <laughs> Respect the the enormous overlap in our, our Venn diagram there. I know. I love Respect it. Respect Moana all day. Oh, yeah. Big mm-hmm. time. Big time, That's rush. Right. My little niece um, likes Moana, too. She was all distracted. better, dude. You didn't course. tell me how it went when she was watching Harry Potter. She hasn't seen Harry Potter. She's one. Wasn't she just watching it? No, dude. She was watching the Muppets. She's Maybe one year the old. Muppets, that's what it was. Super not watching Harry Potter. Uh, she was. She's barely watched anything. No, they were watching the Muppets. Um, anyway, she liked mm. Moana because I watched it with her. But Good. um, so I guess I guess this was supposed to be a TV special after Goose Troop, but they actually launched it to theaters despite not giving a fuck about it. That's kind of the last production. So- yeah the last little production thing is it was going to be a tv special but uh kevin lima was like this story is too big the music we're writing is too hot um it's got to go to theaters we have some kind of slot open we're gonna put it in there and again it was supposed to be out in 1994 but they're like now we gotta move this out production's kind of slowing down let's set it out in 95 and so it's very hard to say that I don't understand why people didn't enjoy this movie compared to what else we get in 95 compared to what came before that from Disney. I can understand this not being people's favorites way more than I can understand something like Atlantis or Ember's new groove or mm-hmm. even treasure planet, not being someone's like, Oh my God, I love that movie. Maybe even if, even if it's not in your top five, I still understand that those, that goofy movie would not be, like a, a favorite memory of yours, but I can't forgive people who say that Emperor's New Groove or uh, Atlantis are not a top 10 movie for you. I can't do it. I just, they're both of those movies are so fucking good. I just, you're not like, going to have those in my top 10, but, but, but I think we're done here. I know the podcast <laughs> just ended on our first ever low oh, production quality. I am nothing <laughs> shadow because I don't have a light right now. Mm-hmm. fucking episode we're done no i i think i'm excited to get to those movies because i really like emperor's new groove i totally slept on atlantis like i've maybe seen that twice in my life like i'm excited to do those because i think i'm gonna get really excited about them watching them again yeah but here is what i will leave us on and then we're going to talk about the themes of the movie because we are going to talk about this like unbelievably extensively in 95 but the reason that the movie that Atlantis wasn't very popular, that this isn't very popular, that, you know, Emperor's New Groove, all of it never got traction is not the Lion King, right? Like we've said that a lot, that it's the Disney Renaissance and that's how we feel in our hearts. We hear 1995 and we feel like it's the Renaissance and that's what we have in our soul. That is not why any of this failed. It is a bouncy little lamp and a fucking cowboy toy. That yep. is going to take out all of the future Disney movies. So we will talk about it because Toy Story happens in 95. But that's why Toy Story and um, fucking Bugs Life and like it. And because remember, it doesn't stop with Toy Story. We hear Toy no. Story, we know it's 95 and we feel like that's fucking weird. I don't think I didn't think that happened till the 2000s. But no, it happened right fucking smack in the middle of the Disney renaissance and just started to just unseat Disney like a fucking malignant fungus that was just so much better in every single. Oh yeah. By the end of this, we're going to have DreamWorks rocking shit too with Shrek and small soldiers. And yeah, it's going to, it's things are not looking good. And it's really, really, really exciting. We've been talking about this part 
like this point in film history for a long time. And I'm really excited to be in 95 because of that. And we're going to talk a lot about Pixar and its influence um, because that's why these things tanked. That's why people didn't give a fuck about a goofy movie because Toy Story came out yeah. like a couple months later. And it's like, who gives a shit about this? Not only the style of animation, but the style of storytelling. And that's yeah. what we're going to talk about actually more so in A Bug's Life, how the technology and the ability to do a to do crowds changed the way that stories are being told mm -hmm. and that things become more about individualism as you start to be able to draw a giant fucking crowd that That's it fair. is this really interesting evolution in filmmaking and i'm just like really excited to be here but that's why no one gave a fuck and a half about a goofy movie because we have heard how many times this same story i but oh, I know. Yeah. Story because it's great. Um, and it's super tropey and it's and the style of comedy, you know, that we've talked about a little bit. But but it is actually great. So let's talk about it and revel in it before it gets unseated by Buzz and Woody. <laughs> yes, <what>? um, <laughs> tell me tell me why this is this movie is basically all about single dads. Yeah, it's really like the crux of the story, right? Is Goofy's like single daddom and they never call it out directly, but it is really what the story is about and and the sequel too, especially where like all he wants to do is spend time with Max. He wants to see him succeed. Max is like the only thing that he cares about in the whole stupid world. And it's like so sad. Um, and he has, the, it's like this really classic story of like a single parent or any parent really, but they you know, it's really clear that Goofy's on his own in this, whose kid is now too cool for them. And oh, like yeah. Goofy's yeah. loneliness is like, you can fucking taste it. Like it's yeah. so, it's, they give this character like a lot of emotion. Yeah, to they did with. a great job of re like delivering on that. I want to make an emotional Goofy movie. Yeah. Not just like a stupid goop, like weird, idiotic crashing and stuff the whole time movie even yeah. though there's a lot of crashing and goofy like being goofy in a hook or how does he you do it how did what's his yeah. name hayuk yeah. yeah the hayuk <laughs> <laughs> like there's a lot of hayuking no question Ooh. but it's super super emotional um yeah yeah they, so he, the ways that we like know that it's like it's obvious that he's a single dad because there's no mom, but it's like I think it's clear that he always has been. Like it's not they're not divorced or separated. She didn't die recently, right? No, he just has always. It's always just been his son Max. So I have to assume, going by the way that he clings. To Max and he strived again. There is no precedent for this. There is absolutely no information anywhere on where Max's mom is. It never comes up in, in this movie. It never comes up in the sequel. I don't remember if it's ever, ever talked about in the show. Um, I have to assume that either she died in childbirth. And so Goofy like lost the love of his life. And so all he has to remember her by is Max. So he's going to do every, it's kind of a Marlin from finding Nemo situation. I, sh it's so obvious that Max feels unbelievably smothered, but I also get it from, from the, the age point of view, because now Max is in high school now. This is like the formative years where he starts like finding himself. He doesn't want to do all this wacky, goofy shit that he and his dad used to do when they were kids. And I think that's a big, important part of this story is that unlike the show, Max was still a little kid. 
Now he's a legitimate teenager with thoughts and feelings and, and you know, like stuff actually is, it's only happening to him and his world is all that matters to him now. And I think that's what makes this being about a single dad and struggling with the idea of losing the only other thing he has in his life is like, it did such a great job of like showcasing like, holy shit, dude, Goofy really only has Max. Yeah, the high dad soup is like a thing that I think shows that it's like a memory from when Max was really, really little. Yeah. So even when he was super little, there wasn't a mom. It was just the two of them, like high dad kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I agreed that she died in childbirth. And then we have like, like Goofy as a single parent is awesome. Like that mm. part of his, like something about like Goofy in that bathrobe, right? It's just great. Like just, I, I really like the way that they do it. I like the way that they create that for his character. He's like really mm. obviously mom and dad to Max. And they use this really neat visual language around single daddom. And everybody's kind of a single parent, right? Like Pete is definitely a single dad in this. I understand there's a mom in Goofy. Oh, yeah, that it's part of the rumor requirement, but I will mention it now because you brought yeah, it up. I think it's relevant at, at this stage. Yeah. Um, Peg and Pistol are omitted from this movie to show the difference in fathering processes and techniques. Hi, Kevin. From, I, I know. Yeah. Um, between the two dads. And you actually see it formulate and build and then fall apart for goofy as he continues to listen to pete and then he realizes that's not the kind of dad he wants to be and that's not the kind of he doesn't want max to look at him the way pj looks at pete right so peg and pistol were omitted from the movie to help goofy learn this lesson Mm -hmm. the movies don't imply that they don't exist or maybe they're gone for this. It's summer vacation. So maybe they're gone or whatever. We don't address it because it's not important that he's a single dad. I think they try to make it like a theme that I'd be fine with that. Yeah. If that's all the dads, I think that's like a thing. I think they're retconning the show straight up because it makes for a better story. No, and that's fine. And I'm, I'm totally behind that. If that's the, if that's the route that they want to go, I'm, I'm totally here for that. But it is important to know for those of you who, um, did watch the show and now that i know this is a it's a product of the show that that is the reason she's not here is to create this black mirror for goofy to look through mm-hmm. and could potentially be him in the future if he continues to listen to pete or he get because like at times it does work when he gets stern with max about going fishing that works he's like get the fuck get your gear and we're going to go, I'm going to show you how to do this. And then hijinks ensue with Sasquatch or whatever. But that's how, see, but even that like leads to the high dad soup moment and shit. So yeah, it is important. They definitely use them as foils and I don't even think he's the bad guy. And we'll get into what I think is the bad guy of this one. But I, yeah, he's, I definitely think it's like for the storytelling and it makes a better story to have, these two single dads and like these two approaches to single parenting. And I love the visual language. Like they always have goofy in this, like just out of the shower look. Yeah. (laughs) Super stereotypically mom, right? Like he's in a towel that's tied up high, um, like around his chest rather than Mm. around his waist. And he has like a towel in his hair or a shower cap. 
Um, yep. Roxanne's dad at the end is wearing like a shower cap. And I think that that tells oh, us yeah. he's a single dad. I think there's this like really interesting film language here mm-hmm. telling us that all these dads are single dads and that this is how they do it. Like in the sequel, they put Goofy in a bathrobe and bunny slippers. Yeah. And, and he's always doing the laundry. He's doing all these like stereotypically like female tasks or stuff that like right. that you would associate more with like women's stuff around the house mm. um and yeah in the sequel he actually makes a whole he does that fucking trope that i hate i mean it's a cartoon and i get it or whatever but he makes this massive ass breakfast and then max is like i'll grab some toast and then he runs and i'm just always like bro that is such a massive waste of food i get it's a cartoon but even in shows like today shows do that shit where it's like, hey, it's first day of high school. You gotta, you gotta get your inner. Hey, I gotta meet Chris at the bus. Like, come on. And like, <laughs> he just grabs some toast and runs. I get it. But when but he also goes like, to college, he doesn't say goodbye to Goofy. Oh, I know. He's gone. Like half an hour away. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking gone, dude. He's just out of there. Yeah, he does not say goodbye. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so I like, I like him as a single dad, though. He's a great single dad. Yeah. Um. The other thing about this, like before we get into like the main, main theme is just how relatable it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's like, the, like we said, this movie is something that everybody sleeps on because it's not as good as those big Renaissance movies. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not the Lion King and it's sure as shit, not right. Toy Story. <laughs> but, but it is really relatable, like for teens more than the target audience. This was something I thought was interesting. It's like with all the weird you know, comedic violence, the the animation style, like that's all very geared towards like little kids. Yeah. And it's like this movie's for like Pre-teens older people like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, than that. Like, right? I, I think at the end of the day, the this the best the best audience for this was people who were in junior high that were in like their freshman year of high school when mm-hmm. this movie came out. Like I was seven, so I didn't see this movie for a couple of years after it came out. So by the time I watched it, I was at I was kind of in that like developmental portion of my life where I was like, I'm an artist and this is boring or whatever. Like, you know, like I don't I don't need to go to Washington, DC with my parents. Fuck this noise. That's stupid. Um but it's like it it does a really good job of very realistically showing the mindset of a teenager when he's dragged on a family vacation. Like, holy shit. Lester's Possum Park. Oh my God. Was the embodiment Bro. of being a teen on a family trip that you Absolutely. are just way too cool to be on. Like, Dude. I could feel that in my soul. I was like, I, Max you'd you don't deserve to be at the possum park you're better than this when like, he sits down dude he's so didn't oh my god and like the kid next to him and like yeah just okay so that's what i was gonna say there is always that one fucking kid when you go somewhere and you're like you're here with your parents too but that kid's like having the goddamn time of his life and you're like fucking i hate this so like even much. the other kids who are here i am too cool for yeah like max is just and we know something about max that we know that is like also i think very relatable max is like the coolest dork yeah like he is not popular at school except he like 
immediately until becomes he does, popular. Yeah, so until he does right. the power line show. <laughs> yeah, until he hijacks the school assembly to like become cool. Like he yeah. manifests his coolness, but he is definitely the coolest uncool kid, right? And that yeah. is a difficult position to be in because you are too cool for the losers and you are not cool enough for the cool kids. And you just like, yeah, you just. Where do you go from there too? It's like, the that's hardest you, life. Yeah. Like, I relate to it. Oh, I do too. like the most popular nerd and like the least popular anything else. Like, <laughs> I can't say I was. I honestly, if like, I'm not just saying this because I love him and he's my best friend for the last like 24 years, but. Talk shit uh, on Matt. No, I'm not. Matt was absolutely the most popular kid in our group. Absolutely, Matt was the most popular dude in our group. Are you kidding me? Like, everybody, like, what we did was so dependent on, like, if Matt wanted to go get food or, like, if we were going to go chill at Matt's house. Because Matt's house was the fucking spot, dude. Until we got into high school and we could start driving and we all got jobs and could spend our own money. That's when we started realizing that my mom didn't give a shit about us being at the house all weekend. So we just fucking bought a ton of junk food on friday night and played halo 2 until sunday night when we had to go back to our houses to shower and get ready for fucking school man of which i went to maybe an hour a week my senior <laughs> year <laughs> well that's that's an ex- also apropos because that's an extremely relatable story <laughs> I, I do believe we have all spent that weekend playing halo <laughs> who hasn't i mean who hasn't i think i spent four years of college doing that but also I think you rightfully should party. have hard um but yeah lester's possum park is like i have been on that vacation no question where you're just like absolutely not i can't it was it was it actually did bring one particular vacation of mine that was like we were in a much cooler place than the possum park like well, that's what I was going to ask was, have you that's ever been crazy. to a thing like that? Like, have you ever yeah. stopped at like a sideshow thing like that? I, mean, I grew up in like rural New Hampshire. Like, yeah. yeah. I have been to Pete's Possum Park. Um, (laughs) You know, if you haven't seen the fucking Fall Follies at Storyland, you haven't lived. Like, I I have been to Mother Hubbard's Shoe in in fucking Glen, New Hampshire. Like, I absolutely have been to Pete's Possum Park. (laughs) But I will actually, our our version of this place was a place called Storyland in Glen, New Hampshire. And it is fucking unbelievable. Like, it just features all of the, like... Uh, Dish right away with the spoon and the three blind mice, and it's it's the nursery rhymes. That's what I was trying to say. It features all the nursery rhymes as a thing, but there's also like a log flume ride, and there's like some cool stuff. But we used to like our parents in the '90s would just drop us there, like they just were like, you know what? And actually, my friend's mom was telling me this a couple years ago at a barbecue, and she was like, "Man, remember Storyland?" And I used to just get like, I just couldn't handle you guys, and I would just drop you off at Storyland and like go home. Yep. Like, I was like, yeah. yeah, dude, my mom, yeah, my mom didn't just drop us off somewhere, but if we were getting rowdy and it sucks and I feel bad for my mom because both of her kids, uh, birthdays were in the summer. So mm-hmm. if your kid wanted to have an outdoor something in Arizona, you're, you're going to fucking die. You're fucked. So we yeah it was either the slip and slide in the backyard or we would go to this water park called Waterworld. Which is now owned by Six Flags, so now I think it's like Hurricane Harbor or whatever. The we fuck had it Water was. Country, still, still, That's still dope. privately owned. Damn it! Still, oh, yeah, still fucking rocking it out in Portsmouth. Yeah. Damn it. Well, I think ours, I think ours got bought out after a kid died on one of the slides. Oh. Um. Yeah. So it's long story. Um. But no, I totally, I totally 
could think of like three three instances when I was rewatching this popped up in my mind. Yeah, where we went just- to. I was just, oh God. Yeah. I was just like, bro, I've been here, Max. I know what you're going through, buddy. I know. Happening. You know what we had that really was this though? Like Storyland was lit, but right next door to Storyland was this horrible, like refabbed barn with a projector. And it was called um, Historic New Hampshire, I think. I think that was the name of the theme park, but it was just this barn <laughs> with a projector. Like it literally was Pete's Balsam Park. And it would tell you tales about like the history of New Hampshire. New and it Hampshire. would show you like the man in the mountain, which is like Yeah. The man in the mountain's not cool. And my friends in New Hampshire get really mad when I remind them that the man in the mountain is not cool and it's probably for the best that it collapsed in the like early 2000s but um my mom used to make us go there and she'd be like no we're gonna fucking learn about new hampshire today sit down and we're here at oh my god Her- no heritage new hampshire that's what it's called heritage new hampshire it's fucking unbelievable so anyway bro I- really feeling max right now i i think we both are having a lot of empathy for his situation seriously dude drags him along she- yeah it reminded me of the way that I relate to Gilmore Girls is I guess what I'm trying to say, right? Like it's a single yeah. parent, yada, yada. But it's like as a kid, I totally relate to Max. Like like mm-hmm. we just said at length, right? Like we have so much empathy for where Max is at. Um, and as a kid, like I really related to Rory and Gilmore Girls, right? Like she's too smart and she goes to the fancy school and she's just like, you know – has no fucking idea what she's doing and she's just seeped in white privilege just assuming everything's gonna work out for her ass yeah. and like you know i, was I really, just told recently i should watch that show actually you should uh it's really interesting to watch now rory is such a spoiled fucking brat like she is just everything she does is a fucking nightmare i like to think i did better than adult rory when they came back in the sequel um but <laughs> Like, I really related to her as a kid, right? But as an adult, I watch Gilmore Girls, and we are all 32-year-old Lorelai Gilmore sitting on the hood of that Jeep Wrangler, holding the coffee like it's her last friend in the world, just, like, terrified to ask her parents for money. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I really, really get Lorelai now. And I think the same way in this movie, like, a lot of ways that I would have related to Max as a kid, but a lot of what I took out of it watching it now is how Goofy is just trying his best to be a good dad. And he's on his own trying to do all of this. And Max is such a fucking ungrateful little piece of shit. Okay. So (laughs) I'm glad you say it like that because here's my biggest problem with, with movies like this. And I say this every year at Christmas time because I can't stand the movie white Christmas. And it's because I have a problem when the movie like vehemently makes the people not talk to each other. Like for the plot to happen, these people have to not communicate. And I'm like, you're going to hate the wheel of time as it goes on. Damn it. Okay. Don't tell me that. But like (laughs) fucking. So in white Christmas, the whole movie falls apart because the one fucking lady overhears them setting up this thing to help the general out. And then she thinks that they're doing it for money and he isn't, but she never confronts him about it. She just like stonewalls him. And then, like, he's, and then she leaves and he's like, what the fuck is going on? So, if she had just opened her mouth and said what was going on, the movie would have been 20 minutes shorter. In this movie, if Goofy had said, Your principal called me and said you were getting in trouble, 
as they're loading the car, Max immediately had been like, bruh, that's so overdramatic. Understandably, Goofy still would have gone on the trip because he feels like he's losing grip on his son. And Pete had whispered in his ear that worm had been laid. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, he doesn't say anything about it until the end. And it's like, why wouldn't you at the very, very least, if you're trying to get a better relationship with your son, why at the very least would you not ask him if there's something along the way that he wants to see? Why would you wait until Max has this public meltdown at the possum place to pick where they're going? Yeah. And it's, it's like Goofy's whole thing is that he lacks self-awareness. Yeah. Like his whole, th- everything that he says is like, my dad and I used to come here to Pete's possum mm-hmm. fucking hell. Right. And like yeah. my dad, <laughs> we used possum to go- asshole. Yeah, and like, why are they even going so far to fish? Because of fucking nostalgia, because he wants to go to the place that his dad took him. And it's like, you guys were fishing at night one of this thing. Mm -hmm. You guys were, he did the perfect cast, was fucking day one. Like, there was no need to go all this way. Like, he's trying to emulate stuff that he did with his dad. And he just, it's all about him developing that self-awareness, which I think he does at the point of the, um, when is it? Because he does he does give max control of the map, but, and learn his lesson after the Sasquatch thing, right? Like he does have that little mini arc up to the start of the third act, but then max hasn't learned his lesson yet. So they have that little breakdown and he gives max control of the map after the Sasquatch event, because it all culminates in then staying at the little mermaid hotel Mm -hmm. or motel. And that's when Pete shows up and they have this conversation about how they're like, you know, like it's going really well, and you, I'm glad that you listen to me. You got to stay firm and all that stuff. And that's when Goofy is finally like, I don't want to be that kind of dad. I trust my son. And then Pete overhears that Max changed the map so that they end up in LA rather than Lake yeah. Destiny, which is ambiguously yeah. somewhere in somewhere in the middle of the country on that yeah. close to California, right? It looks like they're like it's, somewhere. It's got to be like, like Nevada. Yeah, yeah. which you go fishing, which I'm like, sure. Um, but yeah, I th- so I think that there is this arc through the first two acts where like Max is being a total asshole and his arc is starting, but Goofy gets to do a whole thing where he doesn't communicate with Max, lets yeah. Pete put it in his head that he should do this at all because he wasn't even considering this trip until no. Pete was like, oh, he's going to end up in a gang, which is the most 90s thing that ever 90s. Mm-hmm. That concern the electric chair. Yeah, for those who do not recall, for whatever reason, um, <laughs> this was an episode of every fucking after-school special oh, yeah. that ever there was about joining a gang. They even had an episode of Seventh Heaven where someone joined a gang. <laughs> I love that show. God damn. And I'm sorry, but if no one has show. reminded you millennials lately of the existence of Seventh Heaven, I encourage you to just take a moment of silence to remember that Seventh Heaven existed and just revel in that. <laughs> so I would say that to bring us back all the way to things that have nothing to do with Seventh Heaven. So Goofy, I think... Goofy learns his lesson about that. Like, I think Goofy was telling us, hey, I do recognize that, like, what Max wants to do is important, and I should, like, not dictate that. He's like, Max, where do you want to stop on the trip? Like, what do you want to do? Like, he yeah. didn't come around and figure that out, but it's overshadowed by Max's lies and betrayals that we don't remember that Goofy actually did close his arc and learn his lesson, like, halfway through the movie. 
Yeah, Goofy kind of like figured this out. Well, okay, to be fair, he the only thing he doesn't figure out is like communicating with Max. He thinks that by giving Max control of the map, he's going to make Max happy, which I get it. To some degree, you're con- you're you're giving him control. You're making him almost a part of this trip. But at the end of the day, you still brought him on this trip he didn't want to go on. So he does learn from it, but he is making the best of it. He still hasn't told him about the call from the principal. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, he hasn't told Max what the point of this trip is. Yeah. And even Max could, like, figure it out. And when they're getting in the car, he's like, why are you doing this to me, Dad? And all Goofy does is hug him. And he's like, because I don't want to lose you. And it's like, what are you fucking talking about? Yeah, exactly. He's like, I don't want you to go to jail. And Max is Yeah, and Max like, what? What in the seventh heaven <laughs> is going on? Like, oh, I did. But, you know, it's like Max also is, like, they, they're equally kind of. What Gil- in the Lorelai Gilmore is fucking happening here? You know who has, like, the hot for Lorelai? Me. My dad. Did he really? Dude, I love your dad. Your dad is so fucking Since awesome. Since it was on, because we used to, my sister and I used to watch with my mom when we were in like middle and high school. And oh, my dad yeah. would be like, he always used to like dip out when we were watching TV because we'd all watch Buffy or whatever, right? right? And he wasn't into it. And he would be like, wait, wait, is this the one with Lorelai? And he'd come into this day. If you say Gilmore Girls, he fucking knows what you're talking about. My dad almost never knows what you're talking about. That's but amazing. when, like in general, but you say Gilmore yeah. Girls and he's like, with Lorelai, right? I liked her a lot. And he's I have to watch the like, show just to have something to talk to your dad about. I kind of can't believe you haven't seen it. Like, you really should watch Gilmore Girls. You, I've I, seen like clips and stuff, but like I've never watched that. I didn't. But it wasn't my thing growing up. I'll like that was not my some thing. Some kind of like you don't have to watch it, but like put twenty minutes of your life into this, and you'll get the idea. I can get you that. Well, you can yeah. put in twenty minutes instead of twenty hours. I mean, I'm about to finish Parks and Rec. I need another show to start. Mm. A show like that, not like like I need to jump back into like his dark materials or whatever. Right. Like I need a feel good show like that. Right, 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 right. Um, Gilmore Girls is a good option. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably jump on Gilmore Girls. My but point so, is, anyway, Max yeah. or Goofy learns compromise. I wouldn't say he learns respect. I think he learns compromise. I don't think he fully respects Max until they have the conversation when they are about to die in the river. No, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I and even then, like Max, dude, legitimately everything in this movie, and it's not a secret, but everything in this movie goes awry because of Max's lies. Yeah, which is also so thirteen-year-old-ish. Mm-hmm. It's it's so on brand for like the way that this was like created and this the world that's built around him. I've been there, dude. Like I have been there. I've been afraid to disappoint a girl I really liked. In high school, I've been I've been afraid to tell her like, dude, I had a dream about you last night, but then I turned on my dad, and it I'm so embarrassed to be even closely related to my dad, and like stuff like that. Not like I was embarrassed to be related to my dad, but like I've had dreams like that where you're like, oh shit, I just embarrassed the crap out of myself in a dream. Who are letting us watch the movie so they don't have to? That's a thing that happens in this movie. Yeah, exactly. It's a real life example from. You're welcome. That's specific the way it's yeah, no, that's yeah. a thing that happens to Max. <laughs> it is, yeah. For those of you who haven't seen it, the very the movie opens <laughs> up with him having this what I can only imagine would have led to an absolute wet dream. Right. But <laughs> again, he's 13. <laughs> but like I I totally get this like lie and then lies to compound the lies and stuff. And then when 
I have, dude, I have struggled with this when I watched this movie so many times. When Max is struggling whether to tell the truth about what exit for them to take, California or to the right for Destiny, I have always assumed that Goofy knew what exit they were supposed to take. Of course he would. He's not fucking stupid. It says Los Angeles, the place you're trying to go. And no, it goes- doesn't. It doesn't say Lake Destiny on the exit. Well, but Goofy's not a fucking idiot as much as it makes it seem like it is. It has like the state. Like Goofy has seen the map. Like he knows. Well, that's okay. the whole, See, that's like, what I mean. But maybe Max is like taking him somewhere else. Like that's uh, Hayuk. That's what it. Not her. Her. Hayuk. I say it. Why? Her. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh-huh. <laughs> No, no I get that, but like actually a fucking idiot, right? Like he, the, his whole, the, I kind of like it actually, um, how understated it is to the audience. Like that they don't have to spell this out along with his single daddom. Yeah. They don't have to spell out the fact that like goofy fucking knows how to get to this place. Like, yeah, he's looking at the map and he's a fucking mess and he's all over the road or whatever, but like he knows like fucking North from South. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he map to make him feel special like he gives it to him as he knows for sure that that's the wrong way right no and the, well okay and so that's why i've kind of always been like that's fine i if you watch it though and you you're just kind of casually watching it it's easy to see why he would just be mad that max took so long to tell him so at that yeah. point that's when i'm like is this where he starts like and it is but like is this where he starts realizing like map doesn't give or Matt's, max doesn't give a shit about this trip i have to pull over i had to tell him like dude you fucked up like i know that you changed the map um all this stuff and it leads to their confrontation and that's when i think it's the most real is because that's when max is the most honest with him and that's how they unfortunately it's one of those things have to be destroyed to be rebuilt situations mm-hmm. yeah and Max is so fed up with this shit. He's like, I didn't even want to come on this fucking trip with you. Why are we here? And then Goofy's like, your principal called me and told me that you've been acting up in school. And then Max is like, God damn it, man. Now yeah, I'm like, out. Why didn't you tell me that. But also like, why didn't you tell Goofy you had a date? Like that's yeah. the, the one thing we know about Goofy is if Max had just been like, Oh, pff, dude. listen, I have my first date. This would have been a full Lorelai Gilmore situation. Like if he'd been like, I, cause yeah. all Goofy wanted to do was spend time together, bond and make sure he was okay. He didn't give a shit where they went or what they did. And yeah. if Max had been like, dad, I love you, but like, I, I cannot go on a fishing trip right now. I just, I just succeeded in this like crazy thing I was trying to do to win the girl. And now I have a date and like, I can't go on a fishing trip. Goofy would have been like, let's get your hair done. Oh yeah. He's like, bro, we got to go get you a new fucking suit. Are you serious right now? It would have been, it would have been a totally different movie. That's like a, a warm hearted, like sweet romp about a dad and his son planning for his first date. It would have been just stranger things where Dustin and Steve are together. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, and here, <laughs> would have like, so, like they both were just so dishonest with each other because I think that Max would have told Goofy what was going on had Goofy told Max, "Hey, I got a call from the principal." So there's no communication, oh, yeah. and they don't in that way respect each other, right? And then we get this cool comparison with Pete and PJ, where. Like Goofy says, what? Because they keep running into Pete and PJ, right? Yeah, right? they, keep, they show up three times, and that's that's how this whole thing gets started, right? PJ says to Goofy, "Oh, but we're going on a special father son trip," and and mm-hmm. Pete's or P- 
Pete says to Goofy and then PJ's the son. PJ's like fucking dreading it, right? And in the last meetup where Pete tells Goofy about the map. That he, he changed he, the map, he yeah. Talking about the map being changed. Goofy says God knows what. And he's like, well, my son, he's like, no, my son loves me, right? He wouldn't yeah. lie to me. And he says, well, my, my son, son respects me. me. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, mm, nobody respects anybody right now, guys, because yeah. communication is part of respect. So sorry. And your son absolutely doesn't respect you. He fucking is terrified of you. So that's the thing. I think that is the biggest part about this is you see right there that Pete has been wrong this whole time. Yeah. The whole fucking time. My yeah. son respects me. No, he doesn't, dude. He is 100% afraid of your ass. Yeah, it's, he absolutely, that's all it is. That's not what respect looks like. Yeah. And I think a big part of it, and again, having been a 13 year old boy once upon a time, I know the fear of the sentence, it's okay, I'll just find someone else to go with, puts in your fucking heart when you're talking to a girl you really like. Yeah. Absolutely. I understand Max being like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta figure this shit out like right now. Like, how am I gonna keep this girl interested in me? Because again, he doesn't have the wherewithal to know that she was into him the whole time. Like, which I love that that's her response later yeah. when he eventually owns up to his lies and is like, I just wanted to make you like me. And she's like, I already liked you. I yeah. always liked you. This was never a thing. Like, you're not as unwhole as you think that you are. Right. Yeah. I, the respect thing is like the crux of this. I think it has to, and it's really, it is, it really is kind of sad, but it's very movie typical that it has to come down to borderline a life or death situation. They learn to respect each other and they kind of come onto common ground and they're like, okay, well, my son's like finally starting to date. He's in love. Like who would have thought? And that again is like the, the seeing him being totally chill about it and being like down and out about like, if Max had just told me this, I would have like I would have made a limo. I wouldn't have rented one. I would have fucking built this kid a limo, kind of thing. Like I would have made him a goddamn chariot. He would or, have like, Sam Gamgee carried them oh, on his yeah, back dude. He would like there's Goofy would have been so fucking into that. Oh yeah, I mean, that's like mistake one that sets up the plot, right? Like yeah. I'm like okay, like sure, like now we get going, and then yeah. they just keep fucking just not not getting it i mean even like i think it's interesting how max after being so mad about pete's possum parade or whatever yeah. <laughs> the park possum pals. Fucking whatever. <laughs> uh he's so he like has this experience of like you know goofy's not thinking about him when he's planning the trip right. and then yeah. max control and goofy's like we can go wherever you want to go um and they immediately do all these things that goofy hates and max isn't thinking about goofy at all and goofy is like not being a sulky whiny bitch about it yeah like max is like such an asshole for the section that that's happening to him goofy is like pretends to be happy and is like yeah i love that roller coaster or whatever oh my god he gives him all these nachos and chips and shit and goofy's like (laughs) like I will say this though. I think, I think a big part of it comes down to Goofy only wanted to spend time with Max. So even doing this shit that he very clearly is not enjoying, Mm -hmm. which again, I I get it. Okay. His dad, he's not into that shit. He just wants to spend time with his kid. Yeah. If Max had known that that was the point of their trip, I feel 
I feel like he would have had a different attitude about it or even, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I feel like he genuinely would have just been like, dad, I love you. I want to spend time with you. Like I'm not, I'm not going anywhere, but this like smoking hot redhead at school is like, <laughs> like she's, she's, she wants it. I need your help. And that's unfortunately Max and his 13 year old, uh, brain is like, no, dude, my dad's lame. I just want to chill with my friends and, you know, go on this date. And it just comes down. I think at the end of the day, the the whole point is communication and Max just doesn't fucking get it. He just biffs it completely. Like it's it's just, but to his credit, he does learn pretty quick. Um, like he takes goofy to like, Oh, the other stuff when he sees it. Like he yeah. quickly realizes that that's not working. And Max actually starts to kind of do the right thing and yeah. set up a stops along the road trip that they're both going to enjoy. And it's like, you're so close. All you had to do is be like, Dad, who I newly get along with so well. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, my whole truth. Like, yeah. let me come play here. Driving. Yeah, just being like, I like, I. I would have loved for Max to be able to be like, look, I feel really bad, but here's this thing that happened and I didn't want to tell you, but now I do want to tell you. But obviously they can't communicate well enough for that fucking to happen, right? They don't have these basic skills to be able to come clean to each other sooner than it comes time to decide LA or wherever the fuck, right? Nevada. And um and at the end, Max chooses the girl, which I understand because we as humans treat our family and those who love us unconditionally with that in mind. And we know that we can, we can take a risk on that relationship and come out of it. And he doesn't know that he's going to be able to pull that off with Roxanne. So, and I think that's very human and relatable. I think that's something we all kind of sometimes do. Like we treat the ones who love us the most, the worst sometimes, because we know they'll still be there. Most well, uh, to a point, to a point, right? No, like, and I and I totally get that, and I absolutely agree. I think a big part of it too is he's in that like thirteen year old hormonal state, and he's like, "This could be this is this oh yeah, is it's the love of my life." Yeah, this girl, dad. like, she is the end all be all dad. Yeah, like yeah. I, but not enough to talk to Goofy about it, right? Because there's no yeah. trust there, which is just like I no. also, I also have to think that it's living next door to Pete and PJ. Like maybe Max is like, I see how Pete is and Pete doesn't give a shit about PJ's stuff. Why? Maybe like, maybe that's just how all dads are. I just have to, I have to take this on myself and do this like myself. Like, why would my dad care about this? Or maybe I don't want my dad. Like my dad's not cool and big and strong. Like PJ's dad is my dad's like lame and yucks. Right. And yucks. And yuck. But that's it for Max being an asshole and a liar. Yeah. Um <laughs> as far as for me. I the the biggest part is honestly like the you know, not being able to talk to your dad about stuff. Mhm. I think that's like a huge I think that's like a huge part of it. Yeah, the whole thing is like so real and this is like something I wanted to get your thoughts on like as a guy, right? Mm-hmm. Is like even after like the dad soup moment is like when they first start to get along, right? Where right. They're, like, they're sleeping in the car because I would not shit you. The fucking Bigfoot attach- attacks them. Like Sasquatch comes yeah. while they're camping and they have to sleep in the car and Sasquatch has the keys because 
Goofy movie. And yeah. um, they're like having a can of soup. And Goofy's like, remember you used to spell out hi, dad, with the noodles? And you would write that in your soup. And Max is like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Right? Like, what? <laughs> and then uh, – but then he does it, right? They've been fighting and they're having like, and yeah. Max does high dad in his soup and like hands Goofy the soup can and then like pretends to be asleep. And it's just so like, even when they're trying to like communicate, like they can't even talk yeah. to each other. And it's one of the most emotional and like touching moments in the movie and they don't even talk to one another. And I just find this to be like this really stereotypically like male problem, right? Where like society doesn't let men talk about their feelings and like communicate emotionally. And the movie doesn't touch on it like really directly, but I'm curious yeah. about your thoughts on what this has to say about like father, son and male relationships. And like, cause you know, if this was Lorelai and Rory, like we're talking about. Oh it. yeah. They're talking it out all night. They're going to talk about that shit in the car. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no one's handing the can as a gesture and then pretending to be asleep. She can't oh, realize yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I agree that this movie does not, it's not based around sons not being able to talk to their fathers. It's not set up that way to be like, men don't talk about their emotions. It's not kind of like made that way. It's not what it's about. The Pixar movie that where they reboot this is about that, but oh, all day. Totally. Um, coming yeah, 2026. That's the only thing. Roxanne doesn't even exist. She's not in the movie. Yeah, she's not even the movie. Um, so I I would have to say that when stuff like this does happen in a father-son relationship, the biggest factor in my experience and from the friends that I have um, that I pay um, are, are um, the, the biggest factor is pride. You don't want to feel like you lost the argument. But also, it's easier for you to pretend to be asleep than face that you might have been wrong about something, or worse yet, that they might have been right. I know that it sounds stupid, but like it, it, you can be wrong without there being somebody else in the room that was right about it. But like Max pretending to be asleep is a huge shot of like, I just did something super nice. Don't look at me anymore. Like I'm 13. I'm gonna, you know, like there. That's that's me acknowledging that you have feelings, and these are like I still love you, but like I'm not. I'm never gonna say that out loud, right? Um, yeah. I think I think from a father son perspective, a big part of it is when you get into arguments like that, or even worse, when you get into the argument like they have in the river. You are taught, and kids in this age and like in this era were taught. You don't bring it up. You don't talk about it. You don't have conversations like that. So it does. It explodes out of you and it explodes out of them when they're having the conversation. They only argue like that because Goofy gets pissed when Max doesn't choose to go to the lake and now right. acknowledges that Max is like, dude, you changed the fucking map. You, you don't want to be here anymore. Like it's, you know, like you fucking, what the hell? I just wanted to spend some time with you. And Max is like, I'm not a little kid anymore. Like you need to fucking acknowledge that. And it's also Max wanting some form of like identity of himself. He's not just goofy son. He wants to be Max. He wants to start making a life under Max's name. And I think that's a big part of why his, his dream 
turned nightmare of turning into his dad is so like relatable is he's like i'm nothing but like a mirror image of my dad and like kids not just like sons but like all kids want to be their own person when they get around that age and i think that's a big part of of why like this movie is such a good example of dude just communicate it's really not that hard Pride is a hard thing to get over, and I'll I'll be the first person to admit that because I have a serious pride problem. <laughs> but <laughs> dude, it is like it is a physical inability for me to ask people for help. It is so ridiculous. But um well, since you asked, it all started in third grade. And I no. <laughs> um no, it just I think a big part of it is that they this movie came out in a time where communication was not something that people were like, okay with it was like, dude, you have feelings. What the fuck? And I think that's, that's a big part of it, but yeah. I mean, that was definitely my take. And I think it's like, I don't know if it's really intentional on the part of the creator. Oh, I don't think it is at all. Right. I think it's, I think it's like another one of those cool things that we keep discovering through doing the podcast where it's like, Mm -hmm. this wasn't really the commentary they were trying to make. It's not really what the movie's about, but it's like such an awesome example of this thing that's so pervasive in society that in 1995, it was like, not what the movie was about. Like if you, like we said, the Pixar movie that gets 2026, it's about that. Like (laughs) that's where we're at as a society. When we get the audacious goofy movie. Yeah, well, and it's right. um, it's a lot like the discussion around Mrs. Doubtfire, right? Of yeah. just like, yeah, if this gets made today, this is about a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. This is not about this. Yeah, so it's it's interesting to like see those threads now, looking at it and being like, man, this is kind of about like male relationships, isn't it? Like, it's, yeah, Absolutely. and with the single dad stuff, like it's all super is that but i don't know that that's I, I think when they made it it just was it's more about the teen tropes than it is the other stuff that we're picking up on yeah i don't think it was supposed to be about like men's inability to like voice their emotions or whatever or like even even closer like boys inability to tell their fathers about certain things i think their intent was just like max is a teenager and he's in love and goofy doesn't understand that yeah, and Goofy's and a goof, and like Goofy's all, like an idiot. Yeah, yeah, and then and then this guy who's the bad guy is yeah. you know steering them into this web of deceit. No, lying is the bad guy, and failure to communicate is it the is. bad guy. Because if they had, like we've said, like just been straight about it, this would have been like a really perky, like light episode of Gilmore Girls between breakups. Like it would have been. Yeah. Like, I honestly, you could even make the argument that this movie could have been rewritten as Max has to deal with another guy trying to get Roxanne to go to the party with him. This didn't even have to be about Max being on stage with Powerline or no, which anything I mean, like but that. That just was like the icing, right? That well, I know. Well, yeah. Like, that's and it just. The lie that he tells Roxanne yeah. that he's got to uphold it. And Goofy's that's the like, reason yeah. he can't go to the date. Right. Exactly. So like, about, yeah, that's the lie he tells Roxanne is I can't come on our date because I'm going to be on stage with Powerline. And he's yeah. like, fuck, now I got to get us to LA. At 90 minutes into the podcast, we were like, this is the plot though, for those who didn't see it. Yeah. This <laughs> genuinely also makes me feel like, wow they've got the idiot 13 year old down like so good mm-hmm. if max's dad knew Powerline, why the fuck is he just now telling people that 
Like, what the fuck? Yeah, you it's like Peter Parker's friends with Spider-Man and no way he doesn't mention Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, what like the fuck? Until they want to go to that party and no way home. Until the girls say they like Spider-Man. Or yeah, until they're like, Spider-Man's dope. It's <laughs> all very... Yeah. It's all very, like, on par for the teenage plot line. And, and like I said, I think that's what I like so much about the movie watching it today is that it has the Gilmore Girls effect of being relatable as an adult, but to the adult character when you previously yeah. would have related to the other side of the story, which is always cool when that happens. Yeah. Most um, definitely. It's another native example of that is uh, Matt and Trey making uh, South Park. That over the years, they were like, well, it got more and more about Randy because that's the character we related to more as we got older. So the stories are all about Randy now because <laughs> we don't relate to the kids as much. Like they're barely ever on screen. <laughs> it's true. I was actually thinking that. that the other day. No, yeah. they've come out and said that. They're like, yeah, we totally write about Randy now because we, we relate to Randy. But also South Park is like low-key canceled, but not, yeah. like, but not canceled. There just hasn't been any South Park in two years. Like, well, I don't know. Anyway, rumor requirement, there were a bunch of Easter eggs in this movie. I saw Bambi, Ariel, Mickey and Donald are hitchhiking at one point, and they reference Beverly Hills 90210. Beverly Hills 90210 in the (laughs) open road song. Yeah. Um, Ariel is probably the easiest one to see, uh, just because the motel they're staying in, everything in that motel is Ariel themed. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's like the Bambi's really obvious. It's like a stuffed animal they give to the kid in the beginning. Yeah. Goofy works at like a photo booth. So, like, I had talked about it earlier about why Peg and Pistol were not here. Um, and it's because it was supposed to be this mirror between Goofy and Max and then Pete and PJ. But another notable absence in the sequel is actually the subject of everyone's fucking strife in this movie. Roxanne is inexplicably absent from the sequel. Yep. Um, just- and I, <laughs> I have actually asked on Reddit, like, why do people think this is the case or whatever and everybody's like dude what the fuck like i didn't even like realize she was i'm like are you fucking serious how do you not realize that she's not in that movie she's not even talking about you know what's not fun is a story about going off to college but like you have a girlfriend nobody should be coupled up in freshman year if you're going off to campus in the most 90s like traditional like american pie looking fucking campus that ever existed that is their state school it's just called state and it's just like you don't go to state with a girlfriend. Obviously, they wrote out yeah. Roxanne. He's got like that. There's that like cool beatnik like. Oh my god! Girl. Yeah, the improv poetry trick that PJ was. I know she's with. You're right. She's, she's with PJ. PJ. The yeah, stoner ends up with uh, somebody else too, and then I don't think Max actually Max gets. Doesn't, doesn't Max and the stoner dude don't end up with anybody. Goofy gets married. Yeah, goof. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's you don't cool. go. You don't go to state unless you're single. And Goofy goes yeah. to state. Comes Bro, out. he gets an education yeah. and a wife. Man. Yeah, he does. Although I will say this: so Roxanne was originally supposed to be in it. It was supposed to be the two of them continuing and her supporting him in his dream. And like it was supposed to originally be about like he worked really hard and their relationship thrived. And, you know, they, they were just like they were together. The reason that she's not in it is because the budget for the film did not support animating her wavy long hair. And so she was removed from the movie. The budget on the sequel of this movie was so low. 
like oh, such yeah. as that is to not be able to find it. Like yeah. it was like non existent. It looked like garbage. So I can absolutely understand that they were not able to afford Roxanne because she's yeah. just above their pay grade. She was great. Because oh, yeah. I really liked Roxanne. I Roxanne do too. had like no questions about liking this nerdy kid who apparently it was like because the other kids were pretty mean to him, right? Oh like, yeah, they shit on him. Kid. It's the like he was definitely unpopular. It's Roxanne the good had, boy. Yeah. He had, she had no qualms about him and neither did her friends. It wasn't like one of those stereotypical things where it's like, oh, you can't like him, right? It's like her friends are like, oh my God, you're into fucking Max, huh? All right, let's go get him. And it's also really funny that you say that too because during the concert at the, the in the auditorium, right before that, one of the senior football guys is asking Roxanne if she's going to Stacy's party. And Max is like, we've okay. got to do this now. It's very reminiscent of, obviously this movie came after, but it's very reminiscent of Scott Pilgrim when yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ramona Flowers is about to talk to uh, Knives and he's like, he slaps, uh, what's his face? He's like, we have to play now and loud. Like, <laughs> it's very much like that where he's like, we have to do this fucking right now. Let's go. Come on. She's talking to another dude. Yeah. So <clears throat> it is very much that whole like, Max is the outlier. Max is the weird dude. Everybody's totally chill with Roxanne. She's awesome, man. Like everybody is like here for Roxanne. Flying through the museum, the uh, gymnasium really worked in Max's yeah, favor yeah. in that case. Um, yeah. yeah, I liked her. I like how she mm-hmm. was like always into him in the end, and she was just like whatever, but also like maybe lie to me less. And yeah, I, she's like, like, how about we be like adults? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like really? Yeah. Well, but here's the thing: is like to Max's credit. Had he not actually shown up on the fucking TV? Because the whole the, at the party, they were watching the concert, right? Yeah. And so the whole thing was, I'm going to wave to you from the stage. Like, I can't make it to our date, but it's because I'm doing this awesome thing and I'm going to wave to you. And she's all like, if he doesn't fucking show up on the TV tonight, like, then he's a liar and fuck this guy and I'll be so mad, right? Dude, and she's, oh, see, that's what's, I, oh, man, I struggle with it because while you're watching this happen before he even gets on the screen. She looks so freaked out that he's not there. And so now she's like, he lied to me. I'm so crushed because I was super into this dude because everybody's watching while power lines on stage and like the goof kid ain't there. And then he shows up and they're like, holy. Holy shit. Yeah. They, uh, if he hadn't pulled this off, him coming clean would have meant nothing like it was like the only thing that got him out of this was the fact that he got on stage uh, yeah exactly that he actually did the thing that he like that he made his lie real he like manifested his bullshit right that's the which is so typical disney and i get it like whatever it wouldn't have been a great ending without it but still i don't (laughs) know honestly it's kind of out there to be like no i lied and like i'm taking responsibility for my lie but also i totally got away with my lie and you're gonna go out with me anyway right and she's like yeah like actually the way when you word it like that yeah that's fucking ludicrous kind of <laughs> like it's not really like a great lesson like it's not nope. like it's 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 kind of like if santa claus has, had existed in the grinch it kind of negates all of it yeah it kind it's of throws everything into a like chaos fuck okay damn it, yeah so i'm kind of like <laughs> Is this great? It's interesting. I like her response. Like, I appreciate that that's what she, I think that's very real of just like, well, you know, 
it was a lie, but it also happened. Like, but you did it. So you didn't really lie to me. Like, it's true that you didn't come to the show because you were doing this. You just, you know, put the cart but before also the like Through a series of unfortunate events. Right. Like, I and, and more deceit to other people yeah. and other oh, loved yeah. ones. Right. Like, it's all. my dad. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and possibly, you know what? Maybe they are all dead. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe none of, like, Maybe. that response in the end of it or even their presence at the concert makes yeah. any sense or is real on account of them dying in that car crash in the river. Unbelievable. I know. I hate to say it, but I kind of think. No. And And I kind of think that that makes an extremely goofy movie, just an even more elaborate hallucination. Oh my God. They've just been hallucinating growing up this whole time. Then if that's the case, then why weren't he and Roxanne together? I don't know. That's a good point. (laughs) However, it wouldn't be me and it wouldn't be a Disney movie if I didn't have a plot hole for you guys. So there is actually a pretty massive plot hole. And it's at the very beginning. Yeah, I forgot where um, we were in the story. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so this whole thing is because Goofy gets a call from Principal Mazer. And it makes Goofy freak out. Max knew that Principal Mazer was calling his dad, though. So oh, yeah. why is it such like a big fucking deal? Max is literally in the office when Principal Mazer is screaming at the secretary because he's mamboing with her. Right. And throwing her back and forth across. He's like, get that boy's father on the phone. And she's like, right away, sir. <laughs> like all, so he knew that this dude was about to call his dad. So why is it such a huge deal when he's like, your principal called me? And Max is like, fuck. Like, he knew that was coming. Maybe he just forgot. I, you're right. It is kind of a plot hole, isn't it? Or maybe he yeah. thought that Goofy didn't give a fuck. Maybe that's how much he like walks all over Goofy. That he just is so, like, I'd be okay with that. Dad, right? Yeah. Like, that's I'd just their right whole, like, whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, what's your rating? What'd you give this? What are we doing here? I gave it a 4.9 because yeah. it was like the middle of the road, but it wasn't like a five. Like, I feel like this would all do better in a movie with less of the like ridiculous physical comedy and like be more designed for, like, be more geared towards the age group that I feel like it should have been geared to like the things matched. Right. It was like, it was like an older kids movie done in a younger kids way that I was like, no, like trust your audience more than this. Like I just, um, I kind of think I'd preferred if this whole movie was done for like a slightly older audience and like without goofy, like the, all the same shit, but just without him and his bullshit antics or just a version of him that's not made of fucking noodles. Like I don't I don't know. I just like <laughs> I think it would like it has a lot going for it though. Like it's not bad. It's not bad. I have to give this like a 7.9. Just because I think it's funny. I think it's got a great soundtrack. I think the lessons that you inadvertently learn when you start reading too much into it are a lot better than the movie intended. Mhm. Yeah. That being said, or had any right to yeah. carry Oh yeah, absolutely. It had so much more emotional weight than it needed to. Um, That being said, I can't really get behind the choice to make this solely about like Goofy. I kind of agree with you. Like, if it had been somebody else, any other father son pair, like make the Pixar movie twenty twenty seven. Like they, it's it's a great story. It's just it's. And it's fun to see Goofy. As a kid, it was fun to see Goofy. 
Yeah. But he's what brings the, the fact that they have, like, that car accident is insane. Like, he's what brings the parts of it that just take you out of it that are just like, I feel like I'm watching a little kid's movie. So you know what I'm thinking right now? It, you know what does that story better is Liam Neeson's part of Love Actually. Where the <laughs> whole, the whole point of him That's helping him. Know, yeah. Is him helping his stepson with the girl that he loves. Yeah. And I, I'm, yeah. I th- okay. That's, I think that's Liam Goofy Neesom probably should have that. Uh, that's the story that this should have been. I like, I love the story and the idea of like that, you know, build bond or whatever. But like, if it had been about Goofy having to deal with Max growing up, because it is there, like him, Max growing up is there because he says, he's like, I'm not a little kid. I have my own life. He's like, I know. I just wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. That doesn't really come up throughout the movie it's not like max is growing up and he's getting older it's like i'm no, gonna like, lose max just in general he's gonna oh, die yeah. existential or fear yeah. like he doesn't have a specific thing he's worried about and then <laughs> yeah the, the thing in the sequel right so right. yeah there's uh emptiness syndrome it's a lot of existential dread and i think that the, it all ties into the single parent thing because yeah. goofy is like so palpably alone if he doesn't have max Right. It's oh, like yeah. that's the whole thing that's so sad and relatable about Goofy that it's just like, yeah. oh no, like this is like and that's why because if all this movie was was a bunch of silly slapstick bullshit, you know I'm giving it a zero. You know I would have Oh yeah, I know. I wouldn't have even put this on the like, list. Yeah. I because you know I, I hate that shit. I just yeah. you know I would not have. No, it's why we didn't do Dumb and Dumber, because I just cannot tolerate it. And yeah. that's not what's going on here. And that's why it gets like every point that this has above a zero is testament to like this is five points for story and theme. And that's yeah. 4.9. We're not going to go too crazy here, but yeah. but it's good. It's good. So and I- it has that you like the slapstick stuff. So it makes sense that we have the part that gives it that drags it back to the zero for me is what's bringing it up towards an eight for you that anchors it back to reality for yeah where it's just like i'm sorry you do not get to be above a four (laughs) but that's what you like it makes sense when we have these big riffs it's usually over this issue yeah well and i've noticed that too it's it's not so much like the plot itself it's usually something that is like affixed to the plot because of x person in it or like X type of movie. Like the or aesthetic or the yeah. comedy style is what usually magnets us away from each other sometimes. Right. And I can tell you right now, and this is a great segue into getting us out of here. Um, next week, absolutely, is going to be that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next week is going to be exciting. Next week, we have yeah. a request to the timeline. We do have a request. Uh, from Aaron, who has requested that we do gremlins too which i'm telling oh, you now gosh. i'm gonna go into without watching gremlins i'm just gonna you don't need to <laughs> well i mean kind of you do if you you know everybody knows the tropes don't feed them after midnight don't get them wet don't put them in sunlight stuff like that that's all you need to know i saw gremlins when i was a kid i had the horror phase where i liked all this yeah. 80s horror. so i can day. tell you right now i'm um, just giving you a little sneak peek uh gremlins was intended to be a scary movie this yeah fucking not good then I will be yeah. watching Gremlins 2 and not Gremlins. Uh, so that's going to be very exciting for next week. And yeah, you're right. We yeah. probably are going to have a big separation in our feelings about <laughs> Gremlins 2 next week. <laughs> um, but yeah, I will uh, I will get us out of here. Or should we get all the way out? Hmm? 
Did you, do we want to give a villain rating or do we want to get all the way out? There isn't one for this. It's communication and we've beaten that horse to death already. Like it's I just gave it people an eight. not talk. You gave I gave it an eight for not talking. Eight. Okay. Communication right. is the villain gets an eight. <laughs> a movie gets a four point nine. I mean, to be fair, this movie wouldn't have happened without the villain in the most like realistic of sense. So yeah, I'll give it, I, I give it an eight. No, failure to no, but like <laughs> toxically masculine failure to communicate in a way that we need to correct in society gets an eight. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm all right. Okay. I'm behind this. I'm glad you stopped me for this one because that's fucking great. <laughs> um, yeah. Hundred percent. I'm a hundred. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent behind you on that one. So I attempt for that societal menace. Now I'll take us out of here. <laughs> We live in a society. In fact, honestly, when you put it that way, it might be a 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. It actually might be a 10 out of 10. It actually yeah. might be one of the greatest villains we've ever fucking reviewed. It might be. <laughs> it might be, actually. Yes. I actually want to take this up maybe to an 11 as a villain. I'm very, very... Maleficent who? It's communication is my new favorite it's, Disney No, it's, it's, it's a toxically masculine yeah. failure to communicate yeah. that is like inability That's the shirt I want. To That's the Disney ride. Yeah, that is that's the scariest Disney ride. <laughs> that's the Disney ride I want to go on. Oh, oh goofy! All right, take. I'm gonna get us out of here because I can't handle you. Because this is just out insane. Yeah. No, I'm glad we yeah. did this movie. <laughs> um, like, share, and subscribe. Support us on Patreon. Scott, yeah, give us a like. All the things. Click the bell if you yeah. want notifications and all that fun shit. But as always, guys, thank you all so much for joining us tonight on our maiden voyage of. Uh, YouTube's presence, even though it's not, we do have the Grinch episode up as well for you. Yeah, but our faces are on this one. It's It's true. Our faces are present. You know who I look like now. Um, (laughs) You look like yourself. (laughs) I do. It's crazy. Who would have thought? We do hope you enjoyed yourselves and maybe even learned something. And again, guys, please join us next week for Gremlins 2 from the Request the Timeline. I love Request the Timelines. I swear to God, dude, if there's anything that you guys want us to review, please, please make me watch bullshit. If you guys know that Lindsay's going to love this and I'm going to hate it, I need to be on that side of the train for once. Like, I, I'm i tired of being the one that's like, I love this movie. And Lindsay's like, I fucking hate everything you stand for, Scott. What a value, Scott. <laughs> no, it's so fucking I mean, dumb. I'm really nasty about it, too. So I- Your sense of humor is so inane. Like... <laughs> Uh, but yeah be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts as well as follow us on all of our social media and you can find the links to our sites and our youtube channel uh in social media on the episode descriptions if you want to be super radical and support the podcast uh we do encourage you guys to follow us on a patreon where you can catch our special quiz show rewind make sure you check out the website as well so that you can also request something we've already done one request the timeline we've got another one coming up and actually we have a third one coming up we have several uh yeah. coming up it was a special birthday surprise we do have a special uh, surprise. coming in may for one of our listeners so yeah send us whatever you want um we can we can pull out the temp pad and do whatever you want whenever you want send us a request um sorry but otherwise yeah, yeah. Uh, until next time guys stay nerdy <laughs>